Welcome back to Sister Sleuths. I'm Courtney. I'm Danny. And I'm Kim. All right, guys, uh, listen here. I yeah. decided that instead of the awkward silence after, I would make a new segment. I haven't done that this year. Oh, love yeah. It. You love to make up love segments it. on the spot. I love Let's segments. Go. Okay. So listen here. The place that I moved, I just thought about this like an hour ago, but the place that I moved has a Facebook page that just kills me every week. Like with the oh, posts. I already know make. I'm going to love like it. This. And I thought, how funny would it be if I told my favorite like post from this, like it's like a news watch for the city that I live in. And I'm they in. come up with the funniest. What's the name of the segment? It is called Evansville Watch. Okay. That's what That's the it. Facebook page is called. <laughs> You're going to come up with <laughs> your you, own name. Do you think that they're going. <laughs> name for the segment. Okay. Uh, Evansville is crazy. I don't know. That's as far as okay. I got. All right. All right. Anywho, I think I already sent you guys this one this week, but I thought it was so funny. Um, it says, customer trouble, 1580 Van Avenue, Taco Bell. Caller states a female is inside the business causing issues and throwing tacos. Evansville Police Department en route. And then the comments were so damn funny because there is a strip club here in town called the Ponytail Lounge. And one of the oh comments was like, the Ponytail Lounge, they're always throwing tacos. And <laughs> I just thought that was the funniest thing. I thought I'd share. <laughs> oh, just, my God. A, I, I did not know. <laughs> What that there was a strip club in your town until right. this event happened, and I read those comments, and I was like a little shook about the town you live in. It's like, not a town; it's a city. It's, it's like tell no me you don't live in Utah. Or, yeah, tell me you live out of the state of Utah without telling yeah. me. That's the basis. Like how 100%. many people can just be like, "There's like a strip club just like down the road." It's probably <laughs> less than five miles away from my house, but it's fine. Honestly, Which is probably though, so common everywhere except Utah. I've thought way too Maybe. many times about becoming a stripper just because, like, I'm always poor. So I feel like if I lived Same. that close, it'd be a little too hard. Yeah, like, we'd have to, to drive to Vegas to right? be yeah. strippers. But if it's just, like, down the street where you're just like, I'm just going to get a little babysitter for a few hours. <laughs> just be like, I'll make $1,000 like those girls on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. I think that's fair. <sighs> I'm going to be honest. I've had four kids. I don't think I could make $1,000 in a night exotic dancing. Uh, but I'm, I think you I'm could. probably try. I see all these uh, strippers on TikTok that are counting their money, you know? And I'm like, that's mm -hmm. actually, wow, what a business plan, really. Honestly. Yeah. And you a do, lot of them on. tell you, like, their business plan, like, they're putting money away in savings. They've got, like, 401ks. Like, I love that for them. Right. It's business legit, women man. yeah, yeah. who Working run the world women. girls girls exactly that's true um, anyways good there's, my, there's my new segment yeah i just Welcome what an icebreaker what an icebreaker but, but there's no information as to why she was throwing tacos um a lot of people said that she didn't want to taco about it uh, <laughs> ha, 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 ha. Uh, that's horrible. 
That's one of the comments. Um, I didn't come up with that. I'm not going to take the credit for that. But some others were like, that just puts a new meaning on Taco Tuesday. Okay. It's just, it's super, it's super rude of her to throw tacos because tacos are delicious. That's That's what a lot of people did say. And Taco Bell, though, uh, it's debatable. Tacos are like barely food, but I'll eat it. Don't think about it before you eat it. No, you just eat it. You just eat it and you don't. Don't ask questions or something, but it's fine. Just and I'm gonna tell you, you can say that about any fast food place. A hundred percent. You don't think about who or what is making or the food. Yeah, you don't do like none of it's really that good. But if it's one a.m. and Taco Bell is the only place open, I'm gonna tell you right now, it's better at that time. I don't know if it's because like the crackheads are real good at making tacos, or (laughs) no, it's because you're so tired. That's probably it. Taco Bell in our town, just like, ooh. Taco Bell in my town literally has the only good workers. Out of any of the fast food places here, Taco Bell is the only place really? that has good workers. Really? I don't know if that they is interesting. or what, but every time we go to Taco Bell, they're fast, they're nice. It's like a good experience every time. Hmm. That's well, how they are at Chick-fil-A. Good job, Taco Bell. Maybe they're taking a page out of Chick-fil-A's book. I don't know, right? Are they all standing in front of the drive-thru now taking your order? No, not (laughs) quite. No my pleasures or anything like that, but maybe one the Lord. (laughs) Perfect. Um, let's talk about not fun stuff, I guess. Danny's in charge. I am Danny is in charge. And I thought that this was a really well-known case, but you guys have told me that it's not. And I I now I'm happy to tell Maybe you. Maybe I've it. heard of it and I just never knew names. I don't know. Yeah. Can before you start, can I be the worst? Yes. Yeah. I had a listener complaint this week. Oh jeez. Oh no. So every week I end the show with some variation of the same thing, but I usually try to throw in something at the end that pertains to the story. And last week I didn't. I just mm. said, uh, I don't know what I said. I said just, just the normal. Just the normal. Yeah, the regular. Um, and this listener was really upset. So I would just like to do last week's ending over again really okay. quickly to appease her. I, and anyone else I might have pissed off. How dare, How dare you? How dare I? So listen, kids. Drugs are bad. And if anyone tries to kidnap you or sex traffic you or murder you and bury their whole, your whole car in their yard, stab them in the dick. Love Thanks it. for there listening. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next time. And then we'll just end it. <laughs> in your defense, because I edited the episode, uh-huh. um, you did have to re-say it a thousand times because you forgot. <laughs> That's what I told her. I was like, we hadn't recorded in so long that I messed it up like six times. And by the time we actually got it, even halfway right, I was like, just say the thing and yeah, go to bed, just bro. Just get it out. Yep. Just be done. You know what this makes me think of? You know, on the beginning of The Simpsons, this is so random, but how they change the way they sit on the damn couch every time. Uh-huh. And I no. always looked, okay, Kimmy, shh. I get out of I'm here sorry. with your negativity. I don't watch The Simpsons. I don't watch it now, but when Do I was younger. Why? 
I'm going to tell you. Continue your story. Okay. But at the beginning of the show, I always looked forward to seeing how they sat on the couch. Like, the people that watch it will know what I'm talking about. But this is that's that's your thing. That's your Simpsons sitting on the couch. It's different every okay. time. It's got to be that's different true. every time. I've learned my lesson. I'm going to be honest. How dare I'm you? I'm going to make it related to the story. And I pinky promise to attempt to never let you guys down again. All right. Well, now I'll let you tell your story. Sorry for the interruption, but I had to correct that. You're fine. I'm glad that you did. I didn't want to get any more, you know, yeah. hate. <laughs> we don't need that kind of hate. We don't need lives. that. Yeah. We don't need that. And I'm sorry, listener, yeah. that you were disappointed. We're sorry that we disappointed you. Um, The reason why I picked this story was because I feel like if you have heard it or haven't heard it or whatever, like it should be one that's remembered because the victim in this story did everything correctly. Um, I hate that. I know. Her name was Denise Amber Lee. Um, she was born Denise Amber Goff when in August of 1986 in Inglewood, Florida. Her mother was Susan Goff and her dad was Rick Goff and he was a sergeant for the Charlotte County Sheriff's Office. Uh, At 17 years old, Denise was still in high school and she started taking some college courses at the local community college and that's where she met 19-year-old Nathan Lee. Nathan was fun and outgoing. Um, He was like a sports guy, played football and stuff. Denise classified herself as more of a bookworm, very into her education. Um, Although many would classify them as complete opposites, Nathan claims that when he saw Denise, it was love at first sight. The two started dating and quickly things started getting serious. On their first Valentine's Day together, um, they were at the mall and Nathan bought Denise a cute little heart-shaped promise ring. He said that although it only cost him about 40 bucks, she loved it so much that she never took it off. Not even when Nathan replaced it with an actual engagement ring. Dang. I know. The couple got married and by 2008, they lived in a house in Northport, Florida. They had a two-year-old son named Noah and a six-month-old son named Adam. At this point, money was tight. Nathan was working three jobs to keep the bills paid, and Denise was a very busy mama with two little boys at home. But they were genuinely happy and very grateful for what they did have. Um, I feel like this is where a lot of us can connect with this story Um, by a raise of hands. I'm imagining like most of our listeners are probably going to raise their hand. But how many of us live life like this? Our husband or our partner goes to work and you're the homemaker, hanging with the kids all day like no big deal. Cleaning, laundry, cooking. I mean, I get bullied by like little minions all day long and it's just Mm -hmm. daily life. Not that it's a bad thing, but we get so caught up in our daily routine. It's hard to imagine something life-changing to abruptly halt our day-to-day while we're safely in our home. Like nothing's bad. Nothing bad's going to happen while you're sitting at home hanging out with kids. You're home. What could go wrong? Exactly. Um, 
I always am like so worried about something happening to to Larry while he's driving to work or while he's at work or anything like that. I never worry about me and the kids. Hardly yeah, when ever, you're right? home. Yeah, yeah exactly. I worry like, did the kids get to school safe? Exactly. I mean, I'm not home, but same thing. Yeah, I mean, your situation's a little different, but you've had this type of situation. Yeah, when yeah, your kids yeah. When my kids were little. Were little. Stuff. I think that most moms go through the same scenario of being the stay-at-home mom at some point. Um, Thursday, January 17th, 2008 started like any other day. Nathan went to work and Denise, at this time she was 21 years old and she was going to stay home with the boys. Nathan talked to Denise on the phone at around 11 a.m. She was on the back porch cutting Nathan's, uh, not Nathan, Noah's hair. She was cutting her two-year-old's hair. Um, the phone call was very casual. They talked about their day so far, and they specifically talked about the weather and how nice it was. So nice that Nathan told Denise that she should open the windows and let some fresh air, fresh air in and possibly, you know, cut down on the AC bill a little bit. She mentioned that she had actually already opened the windows because she was feeling like the house was a little stuffy. Um, the couple ended their conversation and Nathan finished his day at work. At 3 p.m., Nathan called Denise again to let her know that he was heading home. There was no response. He called Ugh. eight more times during his 25-minute drive home. Still no answer. As he pulled into the driveway, he noticed that the windows, which Denise had said she had opened, were closed. He unlocked the front door which is weird. It's locked. So like nothing seems odd. Right. Um, went into the house and immediately found Denise's keys and her phone just sitting on the chair. Um, down the hall, he found both Noah and Adam laying down unharmed in the same crib, which is odd that they weren't in separate beds. If she would have laid them down for a nap or whatever. Yeah. How but old were they? Two and six months. Six months? Okay. Yeah. yeah. You're more no way putting your no two-year-old in the same yeah, crib as your six-month-old. No, no way. Um, mm-hmm. Nap time is not happening if I'm putting no, a two-year-old with a baby. Um, Denise, at this point, was nowhere to be found. He did notice that the windows that had been closed were not latched closed which convinced him that Denise wasn't the one that closed them. He says at this point, he lost it and called 911. This was when the first 911 call was made. Nathan Lee called dispatchers in a panic, telling them that he couldn't find his wife and he believed that she may have been taken. The next um, call Nathan made was to Denise's father, Rick Goff, who, if you remember, was a police detective at the time. Oh, that's right. Within a half an hour, they had police dogs and helicopters canvassing the area. Authorities began knocking on the neighbors' doors to see if anyone had seen or heard anything. And to their surprise, someone had. Earlier that day, between 1 and 2 p.m., a neighbor of the Lees was watching TV, and from where she was sitting on the couch, she could see the street. 
During that time, she saw a green Camaro creeping up and down the road going very slowly. The Camaro had one of those like black bra things oh, on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. Um, the neighbor observed that the car was circling the street of like at least four or five times. And when the neighbor walked outside to like investigate because the driver appeared to be lost, the car pulled away, I mean, pulled into the Lee's driveway. And so she made eye contact with the driver, but she believed the driver had found the residence that he was looking for. So she went back inside. 10 or 15 minutes later, the neighbor walked outside again. She saw the Camaro leaving the Lee's residence she didn't see Denise um, entering the vehicle or being for- forced into the vehicle or nothing. Hmm. Um, at 6.14 p.m., the second 911 call was made, and it was actually Denise. While pretending she to have a frantic conversation with the kidnapper, Denise relayed as much information information as she could to the 911 operator so her kidnapper wouldn't know that she had his phone when the dispatcher would ask things like do you know who you who took you she was smart and she would respond things respond by saying things like i don't even know you please take me home How did she hear what 911 dispatch was saying so that she could answer them? Oh, yeah. Um, She was in the back seat on the floor. Okay. Okay. So I'll get on to that a little later into the story. But this 911 call is actually absolutely devastating because she's answering all of the questions that as best as she can without just flat out saying and right. the, giving the herself away. Yeah, the 911 operator is saying like, okay, do you know where you're at? Like, um, and she'd be like, I don't know. Like, where are you even taking me? And he was like, he had said something like, um, 
I'm four, we're four streets away from your house or something. So then the dispatcher would say, well, where do you live? And she's like, will you please just take me back to my house on Latour? Will you like, will you just take me back to my house on Latour? Um, And so she was just giving them clues. She pleaded with her kidnapper to let her go. She talked about her babies and how badly she wanted to see her family. Denise used the word please 17 times when begging her captor to release her. Seven minutes into the phone call, um, Denise's kidnapper realized that she had his phone and suddenly the line goes dead. Um, the The phone, unfortunately, was like a prepaid phone. So they weren't able to pinpoint like the exact location where Denise was calling. But they did find out that the owner of the phone was a 36 year old unemployed piece of shit named Michael Lee King. A little background about Michael. Um, he had just gotten divorced. Um, he had a 12 year old kid. He lived in Northport. So not too far away, like in the same area as the Lees. And his house was on the brink of foreclosure. So. Wow. He's got a lot going for him. Yeah. He's a winner. After kidnapping Denise in broad daylight, he took her to his house, bound her with duct tape, and repeatedly raped her. Uh, After hours of torture, he threw her onto the floor of the back seat of his 1994 Camaro and drove to his cousin Harold Muxlow's house, where he asked to borrow a shovel a can of gasoline and a flashlight. What Which the raised hell? a lot of a lot of red flags, I think. Yeah, well, the person cousin. is just like, yeah, here you go. That doesn't seem super weird at all. No. Yeah, the cousin no. didn't even question it. It gets worse. Cuz while he was of like shoot- it does. Yeah, of course. While he was like shooting the breeze or whatever with Harold, Denise was actually able to free herself and jumped out of the vehicle frantically screaming for someone to call the police. Harold asked Michael like what was going on and he told him not to worry about it. He forced Denise back into the car and then sped off. What the fudge? Yeah. Um, Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. This is his cousin? Yeah, his cousin. I don't like anyone well enough to just be like, Oh, no. you just want right. to like put this screaming woman back in your car and drive off with her and I'll just sit here on my ass and not do anything. Right. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. It was actually during this struggle that Denise was able to snag his phone and call 911 from the back seat without him knowing. So she was just down on the floor on the phone with 911. And this was the call from earlier. Yeah. Um, the cousin Harold went into his house, which is, this just sounds so casual and it sounds so weird to me, but he went in and he told his 17 year old daughter what he had just seen. And then she must've been like, well, what the hell? And then at 622, no, 623, um, his daughter, Sabrina placed the third phone call to 911 and she told them that her father's cousin, Mikey King, had kidnapped a woman and gave them his address. Oh my gosh. 
Um, they the the police ended up going to his house and he wasn't there or anything, but they they were looking for him. Um, seven minutes later, the fourth call was made to nine one one, and it was a woman named Jane Kowalski. Jane told the operator that a man in a Camaro had pulled up next to her at a stoplight. He was using one hand to push something down in the back seat while using the other hand to drive. Jane said that she could hear what sounded like a child screaming from the inside of the vehicle. She stated that she made eye contact with the driver, after which a hand came up and started banging on the passenger window. Jane believed that she was witnessing a child abduction in progress. Um, on the 911 call from this lady, Jane, she was just saying that it was somebody screaming like bloody murder. Um, <sighs> and she knew that like that was totally off. Like, and the guy right. was so odd. Um, as Jane was trying to get his license plate number, he made an abrupt left turn towards Northport and with traffic, she was unable to follow him. And within seconds, the Camaro was out of sight. This is when the story starts getting really upsetting. And I think that 911, uh, like responders are heroes. I really do. But I feel like this case is so, so hard to hear. Um, since she had crossed the county line into Charlotte, the call was routed to Charlotte County, Charlotte County's 911 call center. It was only after she saw on the news, this is Jane, sorry. Mm -hmm. It was only after she saw the next day on the news um, about Denise that she right. realized she had witnessed the abduction of Denise rather than a child. And when she called the Northport Police Department to explain that she was the one that made the 911 call from the previous night, it became apparent that the call had never been forwarded to the proper authorities. Oh, this no. call um, is alleged to have been mishandled because the operators neglected to file it correctly. And what does this mean? This means that the authorities that could have found Denise within minutes were Couldn't never be. even notified. Oh, my gosh. So at this point in the story, you can just ignore Jane Kowalski's phone call because at this point. Because everyone else did. Haven't even, they're not even aware that it was a thing. Um. They were still looking for him. So they had checked. They had made checkpoints. Um, across the county um, and they were stopping cars looking for a plump 37 year old white man which describes most white men honestly if they knew his yeah, name they weren't they able to look up like what car he has registered or anything like that so or they like a picture of him they were able to pinpoint like what he looked like and everything but they didn't know where he was they and since that call didn't go to the right people, they couldn't pinpoint that, oh, he was in this part of, like, he was in this area. Right. And so they were looking in a different county than he was Just at. Just all together. Yeah. Awesome. 
Yeah. But with if they would have gotten that phone call to them, then they literally, he turned down onto a major highway and they would have been able to find him a lot faster. Oh my yeah. gosh. Um, at 9.15, a state trooper identified a green Camaro trying to leave the city. He finally got the vehicle to stop. He led them on a, sh- a chase. Of course. As the officer peered into the vehicle, after he finally got him stopped, he saw a muddy shovel lying in the back seat where Denise herself had been bound several hours earlier. Michael was completely soaking wet from the waist down and his shoes were covered in mud. Michael was arrested and taken into custody, but he was not talking. Which, at this point, you might as well talk. I just don't you understand. Just, what yeah. Yeah. Like, they impounded his car and the authorities immediately started going through it to find any clues or evidence on where Denise was. They found um, the phone that Denise had used to call 911. It was in the back seat with the SIM card and the battery removed. So apparently after he found the phone, he hurried and was like trying to get rid of it. Don't want to get busted. Yeah. They also found a clue that Denise herself had left for them. In the back seat, they found a ring. She left her beloved promise ring. No. In hopes that her husband Nathan would know it was her. She oh, even I want to throw up. Isn't that terrible? Like I'm getting a little teary-eyed because it was oh. it's just rough. Um, she even went as far as to rip out strands of her hair by the root and she shoved it in between the car seats so that there would be no doubt that this was the guy that took her. You can tell that she's the daughter of a law enforcement officer. Right? Like she's so smart. She realized that she wasn't going to make it and she wanted to make sure that he was going to go down for it. Yeah. That I love so that. So smart. But like, how could you even be thinking of that in that situation? Like, that's crazy. It is. It's terrible. Oh. They they had teams searching for Denise for over 24 hours, and finally a canine signaled that they had found something. On January 19th, Denise's naked body was found buried in a shallow grave in a muddy field only about five miles from where Jane Kowalski had phoned 911. She had been shot. You have got to be kidding me. Yeah. Denise had been shot in the head. And at this point, Michael King was still not answering any questions about the murder. And authorities were able to keep him, of course, for kidnapping charges. I don't. I don't know why that wasn't more charges, but while they came up with what they believe had happened, what they think is that he was driving around like the neighborhood and he came down the backside of Latour, which is the road that their house is on. He came mm-hmm. down the backside of it. And what did he see in the backyard of their Open house? windows. That and he also saw Denise cutting Noah's hair on the back porch. Um, That's when he drove around the neighborhood and later pulled into their driveway, snuck into the house where it is believed that Denise was able to convince Michael to let her put her kids in a safe location before she was taken. Oh, my gosh. Michael King was charged with first degree murder 
sexual battery, and kidnapping. He pled not guilty. Of course he did. Because he's an asshole. Right? Like, she she nailed you. Like, there's yeah. no denying She it. literally solved her own crime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Made it so easy for them. Michael's defense attorneys argued that he had suffered a traumatic sledding accident as a child, which had resulted in a, in brain damage and that his IQ was only 71. And then just put him down. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> if you're so insane. stupid. You they, people. Uh, yeah. If you're so stupid that you can't control yourself to not kidnap and murder somebody, then just put him down. Michael told authorities that both he and Denise had been kidnapped and blindfolded together. No. He denied Are you for real? He denied any wrongdoing. Um let me so just who did it? Yeah. Let me just <laughs> tell you. Cousin. There were several <laughs> witnesses, including Jane Kowalski and Michael's cousin Harold. Yeah. They all testified against him. Um, what actual idiot, sol- dude? Solid story, bro. Solid story. Yeah. Defense lawyers, man. I just, they are not it. No. <laughs> they aren't. Not the play. No. The evidence against Michael was overwhelming. Denise's DNA was found inside his home and his vehicle. Michael's semen and Denise's blood were found on the duct tape that he had used to bind her wrists. Denise's shorts, which were found in the woods near where she was buried, also contained Michael's semen. Wow. He's really bad at this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's no getting out of it. Sorry, sir. And you picked the wrong chick, too. Yeah. For real. You should have picked someone dumb because she was really smart. Uh, Denise? Even if she hadn't have been smart, he still would have gotten caught. Because yeah. he let so many people see everywhere. him. Right? Yeah, Andy loves like, so yeah. I'm just gonna go visit my un- my cousin Harold real quick, like no with problem. her, like not even hide her. Yeah. yeah, it's not a big deal. I'm gonna leave my phone on the seat, and she probably won't get it. Yeah, don't make any yeah. calls, okay? Why? I have a limited amount of minutes. Exactly. Yeah. I'm almost out of minutes, and I just really need to save them. Yeah, okay. and roaming charges do not get me started. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Denise fought for her life. She did everything she could to save herself. And when she knew the end was near, she made sure her killer would be brought to justice. On December 4th, 2009, Michael King was found guilty on all counts and was sentenced to death. He filed an appeal in 2016, but his sentence was upheld. He is currently incarcerated at Union Correctional Institution in Florida and his execution date has not been yet scheduled. They always I mean, do that. He's definitely going to fry because he lives in Florida. Good. Like, Good. you really messed up, buddy. Well, just but like, they, hopefully he doesn't just die in prison, though, before that. Right. No, Florida's not. They don't, they don't care about. They're like Texas. They don't care. They do not care about your feelings. They do not care at all. Dude, well, I don't they, get those still why they wait so long. Like, why not just, like, immediately put them down? They have right. to do, like, appeals and make sure that, like, 
Because there have been people on death row who literally didn't even do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, it's a process. I get it, but I just also think that it makes me so angry when someone's been sentenced to death and then they're like, let's change the laws and let's not murder them because they only yeah. murdered other people. But it's fine. We should just pay for them to live forever. What happened to an eye for an eye, man? Right. right? I'm like picturing how does Florida like do their executions? They should totally feed them to gators. Don't you? Oh my gosh. (laughs) You are like hardcore. I I think I would literally, I would pay for a plane ticket to Florida to see that. I would pay for a ticket to see the show. Yeah. So I wouldn't because. Uh, the the smallest amount of blood and I will pass out. <laughs> See, I'm but, good. I'm good. The justice, blood. the justice would make it better. Justice and like I'm already scared of gators. It's like feeding them to sharks. Like they're already scary. Yeah, no, for sure. So, like it would like ruin them in my eyes. Because <laughs> they're already so horrific. Yeah, I'm for that. I dig it. And like yeah. a tank of sharks would be cool too. You know what would be the best, too? And this is really morbid, but I'm thinking about, like, <laughs> sex offenders. Like, they should definitely, like, just let them go to town on their nether regions. You know what I mean? Oof. The gators? Yeah. Piranhas. <gasps> Dude, this is wow. getting better and better by the minute. Kimmy's like, I'm not part of this. No, listen, I, like, really, really love you guys, but I'm a little <laughs> concerned right now. Is there a task like, force that like could recruit us? concerned, but a little. I'm just sure like there's some bit. sort of government agency right now that is just like, oh. This wow. is an idea. But they're not going to hire us. They're just going to steal our ideas. I mean, I honestly don't care. As long as, like, something happens. We get free gators. tickets. That's all I want. I just get free tickets scared. to the show. It's like you'll get a knock on your door, (laughs) guys in black suits, and they'll be like, you're coming with us. And now we're part of the men in black? Is that what that is? Oh, my gosh. That'd be wrong, though. (laughs) Now you're part of some black ops government agency that handles shit. I don't know. If we disappear, you know what happened. That's like Sam's dream job. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds great. I'm right there for that. Terrible story. But there is a silver, uh, uh, the only silver lining, honestly, of this story is that shortly after Denise's murder, her husband, Nathan, he formed the Denise Amber Lee Foundation. And the goal of the foundation is to minimize human error in the 911 call centers by promoting improved training and procedures for all emergency call takers shortly after the Denise Amber Lee Act was signed into law. And the act requires emergency call takers to undergo 232 hours of improved 911 operator training. And it was passed unanimously by the Florida legislature. I can't ever say that word. Um, Also, Nathan ended up suing uh, Charlotte County 911 Department, and he received a $1.25 million settlement in 2012. I mean, that's the least they could do, honestly. They may have saved her life had that been properly handled, but it wasn't. He is still a really big, like, advocate on, on how important our 911 callers are. I mean, not callers. The... Operators, no, they for sure are. Um, And he goes around all over the the country. I think it said he's gone to like twenty two states or something like that, doing um, 
like giving speeches and just promoting that they need to make sure that they're doing it correctly or yeah well. yeah if yeah if anything they just need to like learn from mistakes right yeah yep that it does happen again because he 100 believes that if that would if that call would have gotten transferred correctly that she would still be alive yeah i mean I it's likely yeah yeah very oh what a sad story i'm still just like. reeling over the fact that she left her ring in there that I is so heartbreaking what a gut punch man it is. Oh. I get chills every time I talk about it because I'm like, it's just sad. It's so sad. Um, there was a fifth caller. So let's see. Yeah, there was a fifth caller, but I couldn't find any information on who that was. One, there was a lot of different like information that said different things. So I just right. took the most common mm-hmm. like information. And there was one that said that it was a man that had called and he said that some guy was driving erratically, but I don't know if that's true or not. Hmm. Hmm. So five phone calls to 911. Wow. Including Denise herself. Yeah. Yeah. Her call and the fact that a family member of his who saw him Mm -hmm. called and then it was still not like that's handled. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I just I'm so annoyed that the cousin just like went back in his house and relayed the story to his daughter and the cousin yeah. who's and- a grown up <laughs> didn't have enough common sense to call 911 but the 17 year old daughter was like uh yeah, yeah. like what was bro. he just like drunk or high or what like why would you hear that or see that and then just be like I'm going to go talk to my kid and see if they think that was weird because I'm right. not sure. I'm not like, sure if that the was The oldest thing just happened, man. <laughs> and I'm sorry. What like, happened? if you know that person as your cousin, it's not going to be like, a, oh, they would never do that. Like, there's got to right. be something. You know mm-hmm. something weird about him that you'd be like, I kind of believe that, that maybe he would kidnap somebody. Yeah. You in the back of your head, you got to be like, ooh, that Mike, he always was a weird one. Exactly. Um, yeah, I just, I can't. And I totally picture him just being like nonchalant about it. Like, what's going on, bro? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I've like, maybe, maybe we were reading into it differently than it actually was. But just the way that. It's hard not to see it like that, though. Yeah, because yeah. what person would just be like. That's weird. Unless okay. he was like <laughs> my scared of him. But no. still, like, that's weird. Another thing that I had seen that I thought was really sad was um, how she was cutting Noah's hair out on the back porch because I think about me cutting my kids' hair all the time. And her mom had said that now she cuts her grandkids' hair. And she had mentioned that when Noah was little, what he would do to – get himself to sleep would he he would put his hands inside Denise's hair like through her hair and he would just mm-hmm. rub her hair in his hands and the she said that the thought of in the last couple minutes of um Denise's life she was pulling out those strands of hair to put oh, into God. the car 
just like broke my heart. It just made me yeah. sad. Deep. Ugh. It's a deep one. Isn't it bad? It's so hard. Yeah. I mean, wow. I had kind of like this much garbage for a while after one of these. I know. Yeah. Thanks, Danny. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> you want me to talk about Evansville? Watch. I'm going to do that. <laughs> End of it. This one from the girl who's like, don't do unsolves because they are like, I hate that. And then they she like throws the shit on us. Yeah. And then well, she's I mean, like, P.S. Don't cut your kids hair outside. Yeah. And don't open your windows. And yeah. No I'm joke. feeling real good about second story windows right now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Also, side note, if I had to put my kids in a crib together, I'm going to tell you right now, both of them are, are they're going to climb out of that. I can't For keep sure. Demi in a crib anymore. <laughs> I'm just trying to make it a little lighthearted because my kids would yeah. not stay. Yeah. No. That's Mm-mm. crazy. I hated that story every second of it. So um, thank you. If you guys and right before bed too. I know. Yeah, that. Make this worse. I think you guys should go on to I don't I don't know if it's on I watched it on Discovery Plus, but I don't know if you guys have that. But there's a TV show called the night that never ended or something like that. And it's not, I don't know if that's exactly what it is, but they have an episode and it's called my name is Denise or man, I should have prepared better, but I don't remember what it's called, but I watched that today and it's very, it's really good. The night that didn't end. That might be it. Like I said, I didn't look it up. It's on season two. My name is Denise or something like that. Well, now that I'm thoroughly depressed. Yeah, I guess should we end this shit? Go to bed now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's all go to bed and have nightmares now. You're welcome. You're welcome. That's how we roll around here. And we hope that you get to go to bed and have nightmares too. <laughs> so uh, listen, kids. Don't do drugs. And if someone tries to kidnap you or sex traffic you or murder you after multiple 911 calls, just stab them in the dick. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Sister Sister Sleuths.